welcome back to the next episode of the Vets Based Ireland podcast with your hosts, myself, Michelle McGuire. And I'm Hazel Mullins. And on today's podcast, we have John Underhill. He's a vet, amateur photographer, scuba diver, hill walker, and ocean addict. Hi, John. Hi. Hello, John. How are we? Good. How, How are, are you? you? Very impressive background you have there. Oh, my, yes. my library. My library. Wow, we. <laughs> Um, I just have a mess on my bookshelf, so pay no heat. Well, that is actually a mess, but anyway. Um, it doesn't look a mess. I'm sitting on my bed very... in my rented room. No, it looks good. Intellectual. Yeah, we're, kind of, we're kind of bookworms in this house. Are they, <laughs> are you? What is the mix? Are you like novelists, fantasy, um, fiction, crime? Every, everything really, you know, it's nothing really. Um, I'd say... Katrina's the big book bookworm. She's more more so than I am, but um, mainly fiction. Okay. Crossed all the sci-fi. No, don't do it. Can't can't okay. bear it. But I'm Everything a John else. at the moment. You're a but, sci-fi yeah. fan, aren't you, Michelle? Uh, yes, I don't read sci-fi books though. Okay. Mm. Mm. But I mm. do read a lot, yeah, of the same. You guys must be too busy to do any reading anyway. You're high flying over to London and back. You're just back. <laughs> How do you get time? We had a great time. This? I don't know. And I had a wedding at the weekend as well. And we like, actually, we a were wedding? over there. We were, we, we were oh, over there God. for 36 hours, I'd say. And the amount of people that have said to me, how was London? God, you're very busy. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. But no, it Michelle was, was talking. I had, to, I had to go and support Michelle. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's good. Sure. Like, it's, I don't know if you've ever been. It's just, you meet loads. No, of- and actually, I keep saying every year I'm going to go, but um, I usually have lots of stuff on this time of the year. And, and, I, and I kind of, um, you know, the way you have to kind of go, and I can't do everything. You know, yeah. you like mm. you like to go. I would like to go, but. It always seems to be something else on. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe no, next is. year. Maybe next it's year. It's a yeah. very positive conference. It's very, it's a. Uh, and what's yeah, the gig? So, so what's the, what's the future for veterinary then? Yeah. And what's the, what's the, what's the. Um... What's the, the secret? <laughs> no, 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 no. Flexibility. Like that, but, no, seriously, but no. Yeah. What, what, what was the, what was the take home from, from, the main... from that? The main theme, I think, was, you know, adaptability and willingness to change, you know, that um, certainly the industry has changed drastically over 20 years anyway, but even more drastically in the last five and even more so in the last two. And mm-hmm. I in think that way? was... In what way do, do, they, do, do they say it's changed? I suppose it goes, it boils down to... Um, Initially, you know, it's discerning customers, more availability of funds, pets are more family members, you know, um, then to the point of more recent years where you've got millennials and Gen Z who are um, pet owners and they want convenience. So they don't want to have to ring or, you know, they want to book their appointment on an app um, to COVID Mm. and how everyone had to adapt through COVID and working at curbside and doing telemedicine and trying to do the job and protect ourselves. So. Um, you know, it has, I, suppose, I think, um, yeah, I think a, a role I think for, I suppose, employment, um, there was a lot of talk about flexibility and not just treating someone as this is a vet, they're going to come in and they're going to do this job. It's like, no, this is Hazel. She has two children and she needs to work from these hours to these hours. And, you know, she wants, she can do a night on call, but she won't do a weekend on call call and trying hmm. to be like yeah. okay but it's not just this nine to five or it's not rigid job yeah. anymore it's not that rigid. Have, we have to be um <clears throat> it's not rigid and I think um as well there was a lot of new grad talks and you, they got a lot of young vets involved this year and it was really good mm-hmm. because they were kind of saying look we some job the first job we might get mightn't suit us but that's not because we don't want to work. It's because that that practice didn't, you know, um, fulfill their needs. And then they might go on to another practice and that practice might have been much more fulfilling for them. And yeah, it was just that treating vets as individuals 
rather than just painting them all with the same brush and trying to figure out and actually say and, and employ how, employers yeah. Act, yeah say that yeah. maybe a but, job isn't suited to you you know yeah 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 but no i i see the idea and i like the i love the idea of being mm. of flexibility i think everybody is everybody wants to to be in a situation where they can kind of say well yeah i can do four day a week or whatever um mm. And I'm all for it. I'm all for this. Mm -hmm. I think it's great. I think vets do crazy hours and and end up with health problems and be it physical problems or mental health issues, but they end up with health issues because they do ridiculous, silly, silly hours and it's just bonkers. Traditionally, I'm just looking back, you know, looking back at what. I think that was a point that was made as well as, you know, people years ago kind of wore the long hours and the vocation. vocational Mm -hmm. nature of the profession as a badge of honor but you know people have realized through just what you said they're getting sick or family problems you know that it it needs to be more of a a job and life does have to exist outside it um and Mm -hmm. being flexible is is ideal if you can find another vet to match the other half yeah no 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 i know i i'm i'm totally far 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 the idea i'm not no no i'm not don't get me wrong because i'm 30 years out in practice now that, it, that I'm opposed to that. I'm not. I, 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 I remember years ago um, speaking to, to new grads uh, and I was just out as, an, or sorry, not speaking to new grads, speaking to the final year students. I was a new grad. I'd been asked to go back to UCD and have a chat. You know, they have these sort of, um, they still do, where you, you talk to new grads and say, look, What's your what was your experiences and what did you do and what would you advise us to do and all the rest of it and my and I, I remember telling them and it was the day before we had any sort of it, we didn't have PowerPoint presentations so I had an acetate and you had to write on an acetate and put it up and the big thing I put up was the big take home was you know the most important thing is our time off mm. it's not the job it's actually the time off the most important and and i would still say that and and 30 years down the line i think we're crazy profession and we're not crazy profession very you know it's 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 a fantastic profession but we do crazy things and we do crazy things to ourselves and i think you know when you're you're um you know we have to change and i think the the younger generation of vets that are out there be they Gen Zs or millennials, you know, while we aspired to doing that and working flexible hours or whatever, um, the younger generation insists on it. You know, we aspired to it, but we never did it. And the the younger vets um, will do it. The question, because the elephant in the room is how are you going to do it? We all want to do it. I aspire to doing that. The, the the younger generation of vets out there and you know they 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 want to they insist on it but how are we going to do it yeah. is the problem because the less people the less hours that people work the more vets you need to cover the time now there's a lot of out of hours work you can sort of delegate to other you know if you're in urban practice or maybe in a large town or whatever you can are there may be a facility where you can have um, an out-of-hours service to cater for the out-of-hours work for your clients. But in rural areas or most parts of the country, I would say that probably is a non-runner. And I think in a lot of mixed practices or large practices, large animal practices, equine practices, that it's going to be very hard to, you know, how are you going to do this 24-hour cover? Or is it really a myth? I mean, why why are we doing it? Is the question. Mm-hmm. Are we doing it for ourselves, our clients, or the animals we 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 uh, we look after? I I would say a little bit of everything. We want to run a business and provide cover, but certainly we're the only profession at the moment that do that. Okay. And um, love your cat. <laughs> oh, sorry, Obi. That's Obi Wan Kenobi. He just it, always has to be involved in the podcast. Brilliant. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, no, but to come back to it, I, like I, whether whether it's 
whether it is or it isn't is irrelevant in some respects because it's it's whether it's possible yeah if it's not possible if everyone says i'm doing a four-day week then it's not possible you can't do it without on the level of service that we currently provide I, i mean i think the doctors gps um back in the day when the out of hours services started for DPs, it was on the basis of the working time um, directive. Yeah. That that was brought in and they're out as they're they argued that they couldn't do the level of work that was being asked upon under the under the uh, working time directive. So they got state funding for out and out of our service and when a doctor goes out at night or when you ring a doctor out of ours now, you get an out of our service and you go to a local clinic or hospital or whatever, and you're seen in that context. And like, and if you go out on a call, you've got a driver and a car. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. Now, if the, if, the, if, the, if the profession is supposed to be, I mean, I think we, it's going to be very difficult for people to work the hours we all aspire to without some kind of state help to either fund it, just not just fund it, but provide, you know, buildings, cars, whatever it is, borrow. Uh, now, will that ever happen? Well, I'd, I'd, I'd <laughs> it, you know, it just depends really on how much, uh, how much help is needed, but I can't see it working the way it's working now, like no. in 10 years time. Well, I, I can say that I've already seen issues where practices have had to close their doors mm. for even four hours because they physically don't have vets to cover. Yeah. And they have just, that's it. There's just physically nothing they mm-hmm. can do. They're just like, this vet has let me down. I can't yeah. get a locum. We've nobody else. So we are, we're closed between yeah, these hours. You have yeah, to divert to someone else. We don't, we don't have, um, we don't have, uh, an effective locum service, really, in this country, like, like not not in the way that the medics have, um, and even they struggle. I understand they're struggling to to uh, to get locums. They're struggling yeah. to get GPs in a lot of towns. Um, when a GP retires, their yeah, doctor retires, mm-hmm. they're, they're having an awful lot of difficulty. Um, filling those posts because a lot of doctors I think there's hundreds going to Australia every year yeah. going abroad mm. and the same uh, I think has happened with a lot of the young vets that maybe were held up yeah, in Ireland yeah. over COVID they've all a lot of them have seemed to yeah hit the road so so, so you have this situation where where just to kind of extend the conversation then is that okay we have a lot of vets that are um, graduating and going ab- abroad you know, and, and, you know, hats off to them. I, you know, not, nothing, I think it's fantastic that, that their degrees, you know, and their qualifications allow them to travel to, be it to Canada or States or, you know, Australia, whatever. But like the trouble is, is that the more they go and they won't come back, a lot of them won't come back. Um, it's a loss to us and we need vets here to do the hours in the same way as the medics need to do the hours. And we don't have the funding. And like as you say, there's there's vets there trying to struggling to 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 do the what's the word to to get the get help or get people to work in their practices or whatnot. And and the people are coming to them saying, well, look, I only want to work four days. I only want to work three days. Or I don't want to do nights. I don't want to do weekends. How are you gonna like eventually? You know, a lot of the vets that are doing the crazy hours are just gonna say, hey. You know, I can't, I can't carry on like this. Like, you know, it's just not, it's not feet. I can't. Not can't sustainable. Mm. Yeah, it's very I, interesting I don't know. to see where it will go. We have to, um, mm. it's hard to know. What I found was interesting was that there was a lot of chat about the flexibility and everything that, now I, I think I did miss a lecture all right on flexibility in large animal and things. And I, and I could see there was kind of a trend when they were talking about all of this and very much it was kind of saying oh well we're lucky in small animal we can do this or we're lucky you know that we can do do this um it's not so easy for equine or, or large and 
I think that's where where the the kind of in the UK that's where they're coming up against a bit of a an issue as well. So look, they um seem to be kind of a trend so in the less London and less going into large animal work, and I mm. suppose is more and more going into small animal work, and is um I suppose it creates a problem then in rural areas where you know where farmers need or you know people in rural areas need a, a vet. Um, we met a we met an Africa a, a lovely lady from Namibia, but she's yeah. she qualified in South Africa. She came up mm-hmm. to us and she said, yeah. "Just wanted to say hi. I listened to your podcast, and uh, we were like, yeah. oh my god!" And she said, "I'm from Africa, and she's working in the Highlands in Scotland." And she said wow. she listened to our podcast with Richard Ryan, the dark badger who works in Kilkenny, yeah, and yeah. he was on about how you should do everything and you should mix practice as a great career and she went listened to it and she said right i'm going to be a mixed vet and she went off oh, to the went. highlands of scotland yeah. and she loves it brilliant isn't that yeah, a great story though you know i mean you unbelievable i mean i think yeah well that's the stuff that people should be talking about really because i think you know there's a trend or mass exodus into into urban practices nothing wrong with urban practices and all that mm. but you know it's it's um there's not. I mean, everybody in cities want to go to the countryside on their holidays. I mean, round, round, round here, right? I mean, we're just—it's crazy in the summertime. People want want to come to Clare on their holidays, you know. So, you know, why not? You got plenty of surfing, you know, kayaking, swimming, fishing, whatever you want, walking, you know, cycling, whatever you like to do, and it's all there. Um, so you know, there's there's a charm in, in plenty of rural areas. In this country and, and and other countries indeed, that's not urban, uh, yeah. suburbia, and um, you know we've got you know nice lifestyle in a way, and without a lot of the expenses that you have in in an urban practice or in an urban area, um, so why is why are, what's happening? You know, why yeah. are we not kind of promoting that more? And I th- I would think probably. We're lucky in this in that regard that we are in the scenic area. People like working here because of the location is near the Hinton, the burn and that. We're lucky in that it's attractive. We don't generally have to look for too long to get a bit and when we need one. And um, but like there is a, certainly an attraction in rural areas all over around the country. You know um, that we seem to just sort of get sort of painted out as a picture you know it's like mm. it doesn't happen thankfully like like you say um there are practitioners now on social media that are sort of saying hey look it's it's um it's it's great great fun we do this this that and that the other and here's a picture of it and here's a video of it what i did last week and it it um it's great to see that you know i think um mm. I, I think it's brilliant you know because it it portrays um practice uh the way i think in which um, a lot of people that are thinking about doing veterinary are want that's the type of practice they want to do. You know, mm-hmm. they want to kind of be a have a go at lots of different things, and and because it's interesting and try and work something else. You know, you know, figure this out, <laughs> be it a calf or is getting whatever. I mean, mixed practice is great in that regard. In that regard, there's a lot, there's a whole lot of challenges, but um, great variety. Yes, plenty of different stuff going on. Yeah. You know, crazy stuff, you know, but it's uh, it's an interesting place to be. And, you know, it's a pity it's, uh, well, it, as I say, it's great to see people, um, practitioners around the country now kind of getting out their phone and, hey, look, here's an x-ray of this and here's a mm-hmm. video of that. Um, we can sort of all have a look at it. And, and there's one that's Our going TV on. testing <laughs> views. Whatever about, whatever, yeah, your TV testing. But I mean, yeah, but that's, you know, okay. Nothing wrong with it. Um, it's an important job. It. It's a it's a it's a time when you get to you can switch off for a few hours and not switch off, but you, it's just a social job. You can have a bit of conversation and a bit of crack to it. It's not all. Any any time I could see the sea and I was TV testing, I was very content. Um, yeah, so, I'm the same. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah no, very content. If you're if you're if you're, if you're I mean I love to see, but why I live in Clare, but mm. um, that's why I came to Clare, I should say, but it, 
you know, it's one of the big attractions that you've got the Atlantic and it's just, it's, it's, a, cha- it's a changing scene all the time. You know, every time you look out, it's, it looks different. There's, there's always something different. Mm. And it doesn't matter whether it's the storm or whether it's, a, you know, a lovely calm day. Um, it's always different. It's, it's never boring. Um, so, yeah. John, maybe it's go nice back to the decided. start there and mm-hmm. tell us where you're from and what yeah. made you decide <laughs> to go into veterinary. You're going to uh, you're gonna have to tell us a bit about yourself. Let's rewind and uh, let's yeah. see what, how did you get to where you are, yeah. What made you choose veterinary first day? Um, I, I suppose, uh, in Tip- well, I'm from Tipperary, that's the first thing. I actually um, should have known that. Look at this. Sorry, yeah, John. But yeah. Hazel's obviously from Cork and she's always accidentally getting Cork people on this. And I didn't even realise tonight now. We have a tip man. I, I'm from Tipperary, yeah. So I'm from Sure Tipperary. you didn't realise. Yeah. <laughs> I actually didn't know it, but I just forgot that I knew it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, I'm, tip- I'm from Tip, um, from a place called Banta, which is between Tipperary and Care. And, and uh, I spoke, my next door neighbour is, is a vet. And um, when I was growing up, I, I suppose it's just to see him going in and out. And a, a friend of mine, his father's a vet, and they were all in the same practice. And I kind of grew up sort of being surrounded by vets and, and doing what they do um, in in Tipperary. And uh, it was, it always sort of appealed to me. And, you know, I used to do summer jobs with them and that sort of thing. And, and um, so I got to sort of um, cut my teeth, if you like um from an early age and um even though my father's a he's a gp he's retired now but um there was always medics in the house my house my brother's a doctor but i opted to go to the veterinary route and i have to say i don't regret it the times when you kind of wake up at the phone rings at three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning say, why am i doing this <laughs> this is mad but um you know, when you get you know, you get back, you say, oh, you see the sun getting up in the morning, and, and you know, coming up in the morning, and coming back from a, an early call, you just go, wow, that's something. Mm-hmm. And you know, you, you do see, you know, amazing stuff. But come back to it, that that's where I started, and then I I um I got the points to go into veterinary, and um, fortunate enough, and. Uh, qualify at the UCD then in 1992 um, and I did a brief stint in uh, Carrigan Town and up in Vitra uh, for a couple of months after qualifying then came down to drop him up in Clare where I am now and uh, I worked here for uh, about five years and then I went to decided that I'd like to go to the UK, so we went. To, got married about four years after qualifying, and and um, we 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 took off to uh, to Cornwall, and uh, I worked in a couple of practices in Cornwall, and anyway, yeah, because I wanted to upscale and small small animals, and and in dairy as well. That was the kind of that was the plan. So we we were there for about four or five years we came back um after a second son was born and uh guys were coming to his brother's school age he said come back came back and um moved to west wicklow um he was on Lavin for a year and then an opportunity to come back to care arose and i've been there we've been here since so um and my wife is a, a lecturer in, in, uh, in University of Limerick, so um, Very good. Uh, it, was, it was nearby, so it all sort of fitted together. It's not too far from tips to go down home and that sort of thing. No, it's, no, Most same. importantly, it's a sight to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It you is couldn't good. resist the Clare, the, the burn and the cliffs and the, the surf. It, yeah. It was all yeah, calling well, you back. Yeah, well, I, actually, I went to Cornwall because I was surfing for a few years and I was here, and then it was a good surf in Cornwall, so that, that's why I went mm. to Cornwall. 
well, I mean, apart from the job part of view, but there just happened to be surfing there too. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots so, of surfing in Cornwall, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, came back and yeah, any other ends up back here anyway. But uh, yeah, it's kind of the sea has kind of defined what I do, what I do, mm-hmm. um, for quite a while now. Um, That's a great way to plan your life. I mean, if you're to pick something, that is yeah. it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, you know, it, it's, as I say, it's always changing. So it, you see something different every day. And, and of course, I spend a lot of time in the sea, but um, it's it's just lovely to be beside it and uh, to work with it. In fact, outside the window now, you can hear the, the, the sea, even though I'm about six and seven miles from the coast. You can actually hear oh, the yeah? wow. you can hear the swell. Wow. Um beating off the cliffs. Um it's probably amazing. It's got um, you know, when we moved I'd still in cliffs an hour, you could hear it at night time to go out at night, it's really quiet. And you can hear the sea if there's a really if there's a if it's a spring tide particularly or in a big swell, you can hear the sea out. It's like a rumble in the distance. Um mm-hmm. It's quite, it's mad, you know, and it, and yet it's, we're about seven miles, I'd say, to Clifton from here. Beautiful part of the country. Yeah. I just want to get in the car now and drive to Clare. What yeah, yeah, well. Half a yeah. state on a, <laughs> on a Tuesday <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Aww. you know, it, it's, anyway, that was, um, so we, we came back, um, back here and, um, I became a partner in this practice in Burn Vets in 2004 and um, kind of decided that we'd sort of built a premise, new premises in town and Einstein and then another one down in Milltown Malde a few years ago. And, and that's sort of where it's at. We've got seven vets when I was in maternity leave at the moment. And, um, we're a mixed practice, but yeah, and but we are really mixed. I mean, it's it's small animals. Could we do small animals all day, every day, really? And then it's silent. It's certainly a vet in, in the clinic at all at all times, anyway. Um, that's a good then, size practice. Seven full time vets. That's a busy busy practice. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll cover a big area, of course. But we're centred out of two two towns, so we're centred out of. Ennis Diamond, which takes the north side of the practice, and then Milton Alba takes the south side of it up to up to as far as the Hint, and then we take from the Hint up to Valley Vaughan. So it's kind of that sort of area, but we're a coastal practice. Yeah. Um. So half of our practice is coastal. It's the coast coastline. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the border, the western perimeter of our practice is the Atlantic, and then we've got. Obviously, then other practices say for menace coming into Mathis and, and Kilroth that side coming up from the south. And it's um and the large animal side is predominantly sucker um cattle, but we have quite a few dairy as well and sheep. Mm. And we have some equine. I was just gonna say you definitely dabble in a bit of equine as well, if I remember. Mm. Yeah. So it, it's kind of it's very mixed. Um, it's a true mixed practice. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. Well, I always wanted to do, you know, I always kind of thought, well, you know, if you if you qualify as a as a general practitioner, then isn't it good to be a general practitioner? It's nice to be, you know, to mm. to to have the skill set to say, well, look, I can I can look at this um dog or cat or goat or you know or this foal or whatever, and I can fix it, you know. I mean, you, we get all sorts of stuff. We, I remember, you know, we, we do the burn birds of prey in Ballyvaughan and Tremol and Castle and that. Um, with the bird raptors there so like you know you could be doing rat- I mean we pinned a, an owl's leg a few years ago uh, an owl called John snowy owl called John Snow John Snow <laughs> very good very good yeah so very good. Uh, you know that sort of stuff and then you know you could you could equally as I say you could be doing you know a dairy goat farm got some clients that are um, have goats for, for for milk and for beef production that sort of stuff, and then obviously loads of beef and sheep and and plenty of small animals. And we 
I suppose both for clinic for certain enzymes purpose built for small animals um, and well equipped that sort of be able to do that sort of work and and it's good you know it, it cake it's nice and you know there's a great variety in it and and um, it's not boring you know certainly not boring yeah um, certainly doesn't get, sound boring sure yeah we get overwhelmed from time to time you go oh my god what is this you know what is this? <laughs> this is nuts have you um, any island work, John? Do you have? Is there any like islands that you have to go out to? Or yeah, um, no. Well, the the Aran, it's a good question. Yeah, the Aran Islands are served by uh, some of the Galway vets. Um, but we had when when um, in Doolan, the, the ferry companies in Doolan, um, there were two O'Brien uh, families that used to still one of them still does, but um, Kevin O'Brien had one of the um, ferry companies there. He used to have cattle out in his beer. And um, he's a big farm in Doolan. And um, occasionally, you know, you'd get a call out to do a um, calving or something out there, or a call out in any year, and he'd bring you out in the ferry. <laughs> and there used to be there used to be kind of fights for, you know, who who'd go out in the ferry to, on the on the call to Indusir. <laughs> of course, you know, it'd be very late when he came back. You know, um, really, really late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the ferry that was driven by the farmer forgot to leave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just sort of um you know take a little door detour for a cup of tea, you know. Mm, uh, cup of tea. Damages. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it would it it was you know, like yeah, but <clears throat> generally generally the answer to that is no. I suppose most of my time mm. out in the islands is when I go scuba diving out in out in the Aran Islands, but um which is um mm. which is great. Because they're fantastic. Well you mentioned scuba diving there, we could maybe just hop on to the John's very interesting pastimes and what he does outside <laughs> of veterinary because John I know you're on Instagram and you show your photography and you're mm-hmm. diving and you're underwater photography but yeah just tell us all about that because it's I love following you you're it's really interesting and it's fantastic yeah well I suppose it's um well I, I carry a camera around in the car and um, I've, I've always had an interest in photography because you know, it's just kind of nice to be able to take a picture of something that you're out doing or characters that you meet or um, scenes that you see. And, you know, because we're out at night, we're out early in the morning, even time, you get sort of times of the day when maybe people are asleep or get some really good nice shots um, during the, you know, dawn scenes and dust scenes and that sort of stuff nice to capture them with a camera indeed it's not even a mobile phone is i mean the mobile phone stuff now is, is great you know um you know i mean there's no there's no reason why vets out there shouldn't be clicking away with their phones <coughs> whether it's android or um iphone whatever but i carry a carry um carry a camera around me got a fairly decent ca- and they can't a few different types of lenses and uh, tripod and whatnot. And um, usually, uh, if I go out in the call and I'm not back, usually they, they've clopped on now. <laughs> fact that they know I've gone to camera somewhere. <laughs> I've, I've stopped somewhere. You know, this, this half hour call that ends up being an, an hour and a half or something, you're going to disappear. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. John's <laughs> taking photographs again. <laughs> yeah, the stuff going on, uh, and uh, um, um, but yeah, so it, it kind of it was a natural transgression that uh, into sort of underwater because I do I've been scuba diving now for about um, ooh sixteen years I think, and um, now. The underwater stuff I do is nothing compared to what some guys. I'm afraid to take my Nikon down. Um, I, I I I I like it too much, but usually use mm. the paper cameras or whatever, uh, GoPros or whatever, pretty. You know, a bit of video footage, but they take some decent shots, and we're we're lucky around here to have, you know, say the Atlantic, and when the sea is calm, um, and it sort of all that sort of sediment sort of settles out after. It's been camp for a few days, and particularly if you have enough shore wind, um, it the sea settles right out, and and the visibility then is 
can be quite extraordinary. You know, you get sometimes get 20, 30 meters, but certainly 20 meters of visibility here. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. Which is pretty decent. And um, if you can pick your day and you can pick your time to go out, you know, particularly in a sort of middle of the day when the sun is overhead, you've got plenty of light coming coming down. Um, you can get some nice shots. Um, we we were lucky. I'm i part of a club, the Burns Tobacco Club, and um, I'm an instructor in the club, and that's my sort of main pastime. Um, during lockdown, actually, just towards the end of lockdown, um, COVID, we we had a had a dive, um, near Milltown Malbay, actually, just a sort of mile outside Milltown Malbay. There's a dolphin down there called Dusty. And she, she comes in and, and plays with um, people swimming and that night. And um, that's Dusty after Dusty Springfield. Okay. The, no, no, the story is what well, used to be in Doolan, you see. And, and Dusty Springfield wished for, that her ashes be, were going to, was to be, um, um, after she died, her ashes were scattered um, and outside Doolan there. And this dolphin appeared shortly afterwards so they call it Dolphin, uh, Dolphin Dusty okay. anyway Dusty is um, reincarnation yeah she's, she's she's been around for quite a while now and <laughs> but anyway just come back to this lockdown thing we were we were um, we were just sort of coming to the it was the end of lockdown and we went to do a shore dive and the weather was just it was gorgeous it, the sea was flat and it was, it was a Saturday I remember and we sort of put Twelve o'clock in the day, storm was right overhead, and um, a few of us went out for a dive, and a couple of uh, young members in the club as well, and um, and then one of them said, "You know, I wonder, I wonder if Dusty be out." And I said, "We were just just after getting in, and she appeared, you know." So there's a couple of arcs, underwater arches outside this um, place called Frey, and you can you can dive out to the under, you, know, you can swim out to them on obviously dive, scuba dive out to them. And there's, there's two couple of arches together. And she followed us all the way out to the arches and went through the arches with us. And uh, we filmed the, filmed the whole thing. And um, in fact, there's, there's some lovely footage online still, but the, the, um, it was picked up by RT. We saw that. And I think and, it was on Instagram uh, as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it's funny because um, it it um, I put it up and and um, Philip Bromwell contacted me from RC. He's does a lot of the um, mobile journalism up there and digital stuff and uh, digital media. And uh, they 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 put it out on it went out on the one o'clock, the six o'clock, and the nine o'clock news that night on TV. And so it was quite a buzz, you know. And um, I'd say so. <laughs> yeah. Imagine, yeah. Because uh, I mean, it, you know, it, you don't set a guess. You know, I mean, it, it, and the gas thing about it was, is he, they even did because two, two, two of the members of the club were um, two young members were interviewed with a mobile phone. Uh, you know, uh, because it was COVID and all the rest of it, and burning down, whatever. It was all done with mobile phones and GoPros. And repurposed then by by Philip Brown and put out on the news, and it it's, it's a lovely piece of footage, you know. Um, but to see her interacting with one of the divers is mad because she she was um, tapping her hand up and down, and and Dusty was nodding her head, and then you know it was like this, and then it was popping her, you know, it's crazy, yeah, yeah. crazy stuff, you know. I mean we. It, I mean, I, I remember being out with her one one evening, and um, it was about three or four miles north, on the way to Fenor, off the coast here, another shore dive. And uh, we knew she was in Doolan that evening, which would be sort of four miles down the coast, at the pier. And uh, mm-hmm. as we had driven into Doolan and looked at the water and thought, oh, no, it'd be nice to go up to Fenor, because it was a lovely dive up there. So we... we, we we got in anyway, and um, and again, it was the same story, you know. I wonder, will Dusty be there? And uh, we're four minutes in because I looked at my dive confused, and someone tapped me on my shoulder and said, Look, there's Dusty. 
followed us around on the dive and and to get funny the, the funny thing about it is the way she interacts because at the end of these dives we often put up these surface marker bites they're a bit like a sausage a red sausage you blow up with air you let them off to the surface to tell the boat where you are mm-hmm. but dusty has a thing about these things and they're on a reel so you let it up you fill it up with air and it goes off like a missile and shoots off to the surface but if you wait if you you know watch you taking the thing out looking at it you say come on get the get the smb out i know what mm-hmm. it does and <laughs> you fill it with air and you, and shoot off to the surface with it and he, he, so i filled it and I, and she took off to the surface with the with the SMB, grabbed it in her mouth, and and so I was thinking, oh, like this, and I was like a puppy, <laughs> and uh, you know, so it's it's just mad, you know, it's it's a bit afraid, you know, because you switch off completely, you know, when you when you do that stuff, you you couldn't be thinking about anything else, you know. No, so, that's amazing. A very fascinating pastime, like it's mm. incredible. Is that your your favorite now? Like, is that what you do the most, or is the photography you um, don't have? A- I would say, well, it took more because obviously you can't paint a water all the time, but I suppose um, photography is the main one. Um, we do a lot of walking. Uh, so that's how we get our a lot of hill walking and that around here. And um, we go walking most most evenings with, we've got a German Shepherd um, who's what, nine now. She's, Very good. She, oh. she's, she's, a, she's another story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> keeps on your toes and yeah. do you do any surf do you do any surfing you know you mentioned surfing I, earlier. No, I, I i i i used to i used to and i i got, had an accident in a crush one 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 day and i cracked a couple of ribs i dislocated one rib and it's a it's a costochondral one and it's, it's actually right on where you lie on the board and it hurts oh. like hell if you lie on the board so uh, sometimes i do but it's one of the reasons that I don't know, but um, you know, um, but I, yeah, surfing. I used to love surfing. I still have the boards, but I, I, I you know, you can't. These all take time, <laughs> and I'm not a fit that does work four days yeah. a week. So, you know, and and the trouble with surfing is that you know what goes to kill me entirely about surfing was the swell would be brilliant when you're working, <laughs> and when you were off, mm. dead. <laughs> I had a guy, in, yeah, I had a friend in college who we used to be in the self-directed learning, and mm. he used to just watch the swell in Cornwall on his laptop yeah. in Nottingham, which is yeah. six hours away from yeah, yeah. Cornwall. Yeah. And uh, he'll know who he is now if he's listened to this. But uh, I, <laughs> I, used, I used to be like the teacher. I'd be like, "Come on, get back in the room." Yeah, yeah, no, no, You're not. Yeah, I, 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 to- I'm totally with him. Um, you know, absolutely, because I, I used to do that. Myself. The only yeah. difference now is I'm looking at it to see whether it's diveable, you know? Yeah. I know, it's not that mad, but it, 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 it is, a, you know, it's a it's a great hobby. And just being in the sea, you know, because, I mean, during lockdown, everyone was swimming in the sea, you know, there's something mm-hmm. in it, isn't it? You know? Yeah. It's something. You get into the water and, like, let's face it, it's not the Caribbean here, you know? But, no, God but no. it does do something. It, it yeah. kind of you come out and you go, wow. You know, it, yeah. It, there's definitely uh, medicine in there somewhere. There, oh, there's, it's 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 uh, it's amazing. Um, it's it's powerful, and it, it you know you feel so good afterwards. And and um, you know you don't have to dive. I mean, swimming, snorkeling, whatever. You know, we do do a lot of snorkeling too. And you know, it's amazing what you see when you're snorkeling, and it's so relaxing. You know. It's, just, just part, uh, you know. Uh, You'll have an how much is to, to how to much clear. is the Claire, yeah, Claire Tourism Board paying you for this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I was a social media influencer, you know. <laughs> oh, I think you may be the burn vet for anyone that ha- isn't following John. Um, <laughs> great accounts. And <laughs> um, so, John, we always kind of maybe just ask. Um, Maybe about a tip for uh, a new grad. I know you mentioned about time off earlier, and I know mm. like anyone, anyone listening to you with your pastimes, you know, can see how how good how important uh, your time off is for for your mental health. But is there anything that that you would I, now that you yeah. have the platform? 
tell, yeah, tell I, all I, the young I vets think, out there? I think we, I am, it's very simple. You know, I think we, we just have to have a, we have to learn to listen. You know, I suppose new graduates we tend to come out and we've got lots of knowledge. And, and I always say to students when I have them seen practice, it's, it's good to, you know, stand back a little bit and take it in and, and just listen to what the client has to say. Listen to listen to the owner of the dog or the cat or the cow or the cat, whatever it is. And let them tell their story. You know, well, what's what's wrong with just saying, you know, hey, just just listen to what they, they, mm. they got to say because they're coming with a problem. And you know what? If you listen, the more you listen, they might even gift you with the answer. <laughs> it might even tell you what's wrong. Uh, because they want to help generally. So, and, you know, I think if you have a conversation before we barge in with the stethoscopes and the thermometers, you know, you can observe the animal in the meantime as well. And it gives a little bit of time just to stuff to settle, you know, yeah. is it is settle down rather. I know we're all busy and all the rest of it, but sometimes if you take that time, to kind of listen and just observe what's going on then and you don't rush you might make up a lot of time because you might see something that you miss when you're rushing and I think it also helps it, it breaks the ice as well because I think when you when you start out in practice you have to get used to people because, I mean let's face it veterinary isn't about animals it's about people and 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 if we can kind of you just learn to have the you know the art of conversation and just chat and you know listen to what people have to to say then you might find out stuff that you won't otherwise you know and i think if that was a tip i would say yeah listen to what people say and yeah take your holidays and get off your mobile phone you know you know don't spend your life on a mobile phone it's just there's 96% of the world's population have now got smartphones and the average person spends five hours on a smartphone every day. Yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's such a waste of life, you know. Like, mm. why would you want to have four days off or three days off every week as a vet if you're going to spend five hours a day on a mobile phone? You know, it's just crazy. It's nuts. Yeah. So, you know, I know. I think it depends what you're doing <laughs> on the phone. I shouldn't be saying that. Maybe, I'm desperate. No, I'm no, but, really bad. But, Jesus. No, but do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's kind of, yeah. it's, it's become an addiction, isn't it? You know? And it is it's, an addiction. Like, yeah. oh, it's a complete addiction. 100%. Yeah. Mm. I'm like, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I know myself, you can get swallowed into that world. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just, um, it, it kind of, and I think people are losing the character conversation as a consequence in some respect. Um, maybe they have learning other communication skills in the process. I'm sure, sure we are. Um, but don't get me wrong, I'm all for digital. It's good. It's great. We wouldn't be doing what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, def- I definitely would try. I'm more so now these days having phones. Not, I wouldn't say free, but if mm-hmm. I get a message maybe on a Saturday I'll, I yeah. might wait until the Monday to reply and yeah, I think yeah. I had to I had to try and teach yourself yeah yeah, but I, yeah yeah I think yeah well that's my you know I think for new grads yeah you know don't, and don't be afraid I, I would say to people you know that are newly graduated, don't be afraid to have a go at something don't be afraid to say you know what you think it is and you know if you know if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck it, it probably is, you know. So you know, common things are common, you know. And and just and, gonna say you know, that, you know, yeah. it's, it's um, you know, and and if you're not sure, look, there's always someone else there that you can sort of chat with and exactly. and, and bounce the idea off, and we're we're all connected now. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, don't do it, don't do it with the client in front of you. <laughs> Yeah, try to go. Try to go to the the. You know, the drive down the road. Drive down like... the road, or make an excuse that you got to go and get some telescope or whatever, and you know, yeah, just go yeah. and we'll make a quick call. But um, you know, I think it 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 makes a lot of sense to you know look a problem shared is a problem solved. So I think we're we're in that sort of space where you can now that we're 
and that goes for everything, whether it's whether it's a, a clinical case or whether it's just you know you're having a crap day and everything's dying on you, you know. <clears throat> and you know you get those days like that. Days. Yeah, mm. yeah, you're going to get days like that. You know, you know mm-hmm. where it's just going to, everything's going to go wrong. Things are not not go wrong, but they're, they're just going to be hopeless cases or the hail yeah. mary cases for for a day, you know, and and that's it, you know. But you know the good thing about it is that the next day is always going to be better. So. Uh, you just you go right on, you know. But I think, you know, if you get if you if you have a structured if you're doing something away from work, these things don't seem so bad when they happen, and um, you, you soon forget them when you're doing something else. You know, I think if you're not if you're cooked up and you're not mixing with your friends and meeting people and and uh, doing something different that's sort of inspiring you or kind of making you you know go wow, you know, then then uh, you need to you need to keep doing something. Other than working, that's very wise. I know we feel like John has said some. It. John has said a lot of wise things in this podcast. It's a very profound podcast. <laughs> I love it. I've been making. I notes. love it. I feel like John. We John has a funny story in him, though. I feel you know we usually end on a nice, uh, funny, veterinary story. John, have you got one to tell us? Um. Yeah. Um. <laughs> You know, it's oh, I suppose. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's thinking about it. He's like, <laughs> I he's like is this okay. okay to tell? Is this not okay to yeah, tell? Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I did a couple of quick ones, right? Oh, well, a couple of years ago. Remember these new calls came out? Yes. Yep. You know, these, 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 um, this technology that distracted a cow's tail and ring your tell you when your cow's calves, you know. Mm-hmm. So this guy he uh, he inherited a farm from a from a grand uncle and from an uncle and uh, locally here and uh, he lives in Ennis, which is about sort of half an hour's drive from here. And uh, he rang me at three o'clock in the morning from from Ennis. He said, um, "John, it's a cow calving. I'm I'm just leaving Ennis now." And uh, I said, how, how do you know you have a cow cow? Well, the moot calls after ringing. So, <laughs> it's all right. You're walking me up now. Might as well go down the road and have a look. So, luckily, anyway, it's not too far from where I live, but three miles away, four miles away. And, and uh, popped it down anyway and uh, met him and looked at the cow and said, you know, you're not having it all. And uh, he's just filling out about seven or eight cows. Right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> seven or eight cows. They're, they're, they're all very important. I wasn't having it all. So, so, so uh, I was looking around this guy. I said, hey, did you look at that other one over there? Have you looked at her at all? And I said, put her, in, put, her into the, into the, put her in there and we'll have a look at her. And uh, so I handled her, and that was Gavin, right? <laughs> the other one was Gavin. <laughs> so, well, look. The, the, the technology was had, you know, it sort of was around. Kind of did its job. At least yeah. it wasn't a wasted journey, you know. I, I got to sort of, um, <laughs> got to sort of pull the calf at three or four o'clock. And I could laugh over that. I thought, oh, God, this is just, this is just the start of these moot calls. I thought, this is the start of the moot calls. I'm just going to get a night's sleep. For you, but, you know, but it, it's um, it was funny, you know, it, it just, it, yeah. But I had, I'll tell you another quick one. I had a a guy rang me with a, a cow after Kevin with a user and prolapse, or he's there on here with a vessel out, you know. And uh, it's one of these horror stories, but he had this cow in his bed anyway, and it was that she was just beautifully set up, right? She had she was lying in the bed with her back legs out behind her. And there's a slope in the shed. So it was actually propped exactly the right way to have to put this uterus back in. A hundred percent. You'd never see it. You, could, you yeah. couldn't make this up. And I, I walked into the shed and said, whatever you do, don't move her. Just leave her where she is. We'll tie those legs where they are. We'll get a feet in water, feet in water, whatever. And we'll pop that in. No problem. Anyway, neighbor arrives in, pokes his head in the door. How are you, lads? Up she jumps. Oh, no. down the yard. And 
like, I can sort of like slow motion see this cow running down the yard as a slope in the yard and ran, right? And at the bottom of the yard, she, she turned in a tight arc and her users just went, took off, right? Midair, <laughs> whole lot, whole thing. Just, just. <laughs> Gone. It's like you've seen a movie. Oh my god. Slow motion, sort of. Right? <laughs> You can see it. Laughing, but it's Bang. that's pretty good. Hands on the right? And Farmer looked at me and I looked at him and we looked it down at the uterus on the on the on the on the ground, you know. And I said, no, uh <laughs> this isn't great, you know. Um look, she's probably gonna um, bleed internally now and and uh we'll give her a few minutes, you know, she's, she's probably hard. she's not gonna make it, you know. All I, could, all I could think of was this middle use right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking of. Pump, yeah. Yeah. Pumping <laughs> blood, you know, you're an athlete. Well, what happens when a user gets moved? Oh, yeah, middle middle user. Middle, you, don't want to, you don't want to cut that one. <laughs> so, anyway, um, after about 10 minutes, the farmer said, Why oh, she looks okay to me? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the way, to, as you do, like. Yeah. And, I said, uh, well, do you know what you'll do now? I said, put her put her into the cluster. We give her an epidural and we'll see what we can do. You never know. So we walked her gingerly into the crust and gave her an epidural. And while I was doing that, we were getting some water and things ready to, and next thing, this little bit of bowel pops out to the surface. And do you know the way bowel kind of moves? Real quick, mm-hmm. well, it mm-hmm. came out nice and gingerly, but and then it got loads of it like, like, alone, like this. Oh no, dangling around her, oh. right? Oh, God. So I just grabbed it, what I could, you know, and next thing she, she started to be down on top, you know. Oh, gosh, kind of half survived having two. Middle uterine right there, ruptured. The uterus pulled from her. Now she's pushing both out on the floor and dunging down on it, like a basket case. This is as bad as yeah, it gets. How bad can this get? <laughs> so, you know, the farmer bucket of water, the, the clean bucket to Jasper, and it looks like minestrone soup when you get it. It's like kind of one. Anyway, we got this mm. the water, bucked the water, cleaned up the cleaned up the bowl, popped it back in. And there was some pen strap and I said, Look, give me a ring tomorrow, let me know what she is. So um is this still alive? And he rang me the following day. He says, out there doing the cut. <laughs> I said, I won't be long for night or so. But she survived. What? She absolutely survived. Yeah. Yeah. Live. She didn't go back and cast though, that's the thing. I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, she did not. <laughs> that has to be a miraculous case though, like that's just. Well, it's just one of these ones, you know, you kind of go, oh my God, no. T- <laughs> yeah. So it's look, you know, if you're a new graduate there, just, just, you know, cases like that, it's just, they're, they're, they're great. I'd say they're great when you're looking back at them, maybe not so great at the time. Oh my God. Never heard of that happening, but anything's possible. I've seen it. I've seen it. Well, I've seen it a couple of times happen. I actually, I was out diving one day when we got I got a call on the bus in Doolan and it got pulled into the um, similar situation. How would use my prolapse? And they got there, they were walking her in and, and the user just fell off. And she took two or three steps and put her head down, and that was that. Oh. Yeah, so mm. you know it's, it's awful, but this other one was just not crazy stuff, you know. Lives mm, a long, healthy life, recoiled or something, or I don't know. Yes, yes, I think um, Jim McCarlow and Donny Gall did uh, did a paper or something on also hysterectomy. Mm. Fair play. Yeah, but look. It's a good note to end on, isn't it, for the podcast? 
<laughs> I feel like we've covered a lot, um, John, though. Thank you so much. It's been, as I said, it's been very wise and there's been funny moments. I and it's great so. that it's, you're very... I um, it's, I it's uh, we were looking forward to having you on and I'm, I met you at Cavi that day and I said, John, we need to get you on the podcast and you kindly very much <laughs> you kindly said i'd love to so thank you very much and we really appreciate well, it's it, a, your it's time been it's been a pleasure honestly honestly uh, and you're doing great stuff so so keep it up thank you thank you so much john thank you for listening to the vet space ireland podcast to find out more go to vetspaceireland.ie and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on apple itunes and don't forget to follow us on instagram and facebook and also twitter and give us a like and tag us uh, while you're listening to the podcast